Well, good evening. Are y'all ready for tonight? We're going to have a good time. Well, Merry Almost Christmas. In a few minutes, Lisa and I are going to start a series on the love of God. We're going to have, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot. It's actually very eye-opening, very good, very good. Um, I just sent Paul out because we just bought a lot of these books. I don't know whether you knew they were out there or not. Tell Paul. Look at Paul and tell him to find those books quickly. Find those books quickly. Look at him. Tell him, grab them. Grab him and bring him in here. Just pick him on your shoulders and drag him in here. Anyway, we're, tonight we're going to be using Mark Hankins' book. And um, I don't know, you have to ask Lisa what they cost. I don't have any idea. But if you want one, um, you can get one. If, if we can find where Paul went, I think he went to 7-Eleven. <laughs> and uh, anyway, you can follow along with us and it'll be kind of good. You all ready to give? Father, thank you for the opportunity to sow into your kingdom. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad you made it by Christmas. Okay. All right, before we get started, how much are they, baby? Uh, for them tonight, six bucks. Six bucks. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Can you can't I buy ten. Can I trust you? Until everybody gets Can ten. I trust you? Do you all want one? Who wants one? Okay. I'm going to give you one, and she, she said, you need this. She said that to you. No, she didn't. Want one? Okay. You want one over there? Look at that. Look at that. Betty, you got one? Okay, let me see. You got one. Pass that, pass that down. Bob, you need one? You don't even need it. You got this down, baby. Dan needs one. Mike needs one. You got it? Mama, you need one? Uh, we can share. You can share. All right. Kenny? How about that beautiful red-headed woman right there? She needs one. How about that pr pretty little lady right there? Everybody good? I know you need one. You need two. Y'all need one? Also, also, one thing I didn't show you was that Mark Hankins put this out. You already passed them out. They're, um, it's, a, it's a bookmark with the scriptures and love. Okay. Are y'all about ready? Y'all about ready to get going? All right. Now, one of the things that Lisa and I do in the morning when we wake up, we have coffee time. And for y'all to know that I have a Nespresso. And um, we have found out how to not buy the pods by using the old ones over in the coffee that Rosa brings me, I roast it and put it in the Nespresso. 
See if they need a book. If they need a book, get them, you know, one. So, so Lisa and I get up in the morning, and when we do, we will have, we get in the Word together. And her and I will spend some mornings going over things. Well, sometimes we will grab our love book out and read it. Now, one of the things that happened to me, both of us actually, but um, one time when Mark came, I prayed and said, God, I pray he preaches on, on love. He, I, I want him to preach on love. And he made a statement that before dad died, that was one of the things Kenneth Hagin preached on a lot right before he passed away is the love of God. And, and so, you know, just reading the book, I, I kind of, be, it began to dawn on me that you can make all the decisions you're going to make in the world, you're going to walk in love. You really can go, I'm going to do this thing. But not unless you study it and not unless you are paying attention to what love really is. So I'm going to get started here. Lisa's going to follow along with me. Um, uh, well, do you have anything you need to say right now before we get going? Where's my notes? I don't know where your notes are. There's my <laughs> notes. Um, I was going to, I was looking for a scripture. It might be Romans 5, but I, I don't, I don't think it is. But I'm just going to quote it to you. Something before we get started, the, the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So if you're born again, you have the capacity to love like God loves. Yes, you do. Now, not everybody that's born again chooses to walk in that love, but the good news is that it's inside of your heart. Yeah. It's in your heart, and you need to exercise it. And if you'll look down deep in there, it is there, and it's not going away, but it's like, it's like a muscle. It's like a spiritual muscle. You just have to exercise it by faith. But it, everything that you need for the foundation of it is there, and you actually can walk in the love of God, the God kind of love. And the other thing is, is that you're going to find this as we start teaching from his book. The world definition of love is not the Bible definition of love. Um, and I'm talking, you know, it has a, it's, it's accepting even immoral behavior. If you love me, you'll accept what I do. That's, that's not love. Um, so many romance movies, and that's really not love either. Um, the love of God is God is love. So when we start studying love from the Bible, you're going to find out that sometimes your definition, my definition, is not correct. There's a lot of things we, we call loving people, and it isn't loving people at all. Um, one of them is compromise, going along in order to get along. That isn't love. So anyway, we're going to start off in the book. Let's, I want you to open up the book um, to page, uh, what number is this page um, right here? Um, seven. Go to page seven. Love, the secret to success. And I'm just going to read the first page uh, down. We must renew our minds daily. This is Mark Hankins writing about the God kind of love. This will bring our thoughts into agreement with love. 
that is already in our heart. That's what Lisa said. When we know God loves us, God's love in us, it is easy or easier, easier to love others. Like a mother smiles her baby into smiling, God loves us into loving and gives us into giving. This is the way God loves us and is the way he expects us to love others. Now, here's the statement. It's, it's in black. Walking in the God kind of love is our greatest challenge, and it is also our greatest reward. You're going to find out. Now, now if you're a Christian, we're going to get in the scriptures that say, you know, to love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. That's the first commandment with promise. And because it is a commandment, it is the thing that all Christianity hangs its hat on, walking in love toward God and loving people. And so it is a challenge. When, you, when we start reading these walking in love, you will be challenged. And when you leave tonight and go home and wake up tomorrow, some of the things that you heard tonight will challenge you. You will find yourself stopping and going, that isn't love. And you'll find yourself doing it a lot. <laughs> and it's good. It's, it's a good thing. So it will become your greatest challenge, and you will not conquer it this week or next or before January. I will guarantee you that. It, God not only commands us to love one another, he gives us the love to do with wisdom. The greatest miracle and witness to the world, the greatest witness to the world in the last days is for Christians to have the kind of love for one another. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. And by this will all men know you're my disciples. Now, I'm going to start there and then you have anything you want to say before I take off. Yeah, let me, let's wait a minute. Okay, number one, I want you to look in your Bible at Thessalonians 4.1. As a born-again Christian, you are not a convert. You are a disciple. Um, we, we have so not stressed this in the Word of God. When you made Jesus Lord, you came underneath his lordship, and you are to discipline yourself to do what he says. The Bible says go in all the world and do what I, and teach them to do what I say. First Thessalonians, look at this scripture. Finally, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord that you should abound more and more. Just as you received us, uh, you ought to walk into what? Please God. Unless you desire to please God, you will not. We're going to learn a new, a new definition for what love is not. And, and this is the Mac Daddy of what it isn't. Love is not self-centered. If you're going to walk in love, selfishness is going to leave. The big me. You have to, in order to love someone who's not loving not nice, not always agreeing with you, there has to be a primary in your heart. I want to please God. If you do not make that decision, you will not walk in the love of God. 
That's a pretty strong statement because right now in the world we live in, everybody is interested in themselves. And that's the thing that motivates most people is what do I get out of this? So it, that has to be. Now Now go to Matthew 10, 34, and I should get my Bible um, Matthew 10, 34, and I know it's on the screen. We're going to talk a little bit about pleasing God for a moment. Um. And it, it's uh, very interesting, and this is not our subject really, but it is in that rest of that passage in 1 Thessalonians 4. It's very interesting what he goes on to say. It's very good to read what's around the verse that you're picking out of the Scripture but he basically goes on to say that to abstain from sexual immorality as brothers and sisters in Christ, because by not doing so, you are taking it. You read it right here. It says you're taking advantage of and defrauding your brother or your sister. You're taking, you're stealing something from them that doesn't belong to you unless it's done under the covenant of marriage. And that's what he starts talking about about in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1, and then he says, don't do this. Don't defraud one another. This is how we have asked you to walk. Don't steal from them. And it says that if any who reject this statement, down here it says that therefore, verse 8, he who rejects this does not reject man, but rejects God. Yeah, yeah. So it's just that simple. So let's go back up to the scripture. By this, all men will know you're my disciples. In other words, Christianity, when you say, I'm a Christian, there are things that should earmark you. Now, I'm going to read this out of Matthew 10. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess before my father. Whoever denies me before men, I'll deny before my father. Don't think I came to bring peace on the earth. I, I didn't come to bring peace with a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake. When we get into walking and talking about love, we're going to get in love is, is, um, love is patient. It, literally, we're going to get in it long-suffering. Long-suffering means that if you walk in love, you will suffer. Okay, we haven't even gotten into to the scripture yet. And see, what, that's why I'm building this foundation underneath you because you think we're talking about sweetness. We're not talking about sweetness. We're talking about no compromise. When you say, I'm going to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand that that, is, that decision is going to create a problem in your marriage, in your family, with your kids. I, I love Jesus. I don't do that anymore. Your, your, your son comes home. He's got a girlfriend, and they want to stay the night. No. Mom, you're an old I don't care. We serve God in our home. No. And, and, you're, and that's love. That is love. And we're going to get into that part of love. But you have to understand when we start talking about love, unless, unless you have decided, I will please God. I'll please God whether it bothers Lee. I, 
I'm married. I want to stay married. I want Lisa to love me. I want a good, but I'm going to follow God. And I told her we got married. I'm going to follow God. If you don't, I'll follow me again by myself. I've done it before. I'll do it again. So you have to let the people around you know because one of the things that we call love today is really compromise. It's, well, you know, it's, well, you know, I mean, just, just love them. No, (laughs) you're not bringing your girlfriend home and staying in the house Thanksgiving. No, you're not married. I said no. So there's, there's things that we need to talk about that we have called love and they are not. So unless there's, unless you've decided you're going to walk in love, you won't do it. It's, it's not easy. It's easier than the ways of the sinner's hard, but it's, it's on your flesh, your flesh is going to go, why are you doing this to me? So, so. Well, I wanted to read Galatians 2.20. In Galatians 2.20, it's, it's talking about this. I have been what? Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Christ. So you're dead. You don't have a say anymore. You're dead. But you're in Christ. So he's the one that has the say, but he gives you new life. I have been crucified with Christ. It's now no longer I who live. In other words, I'm not living for myself now. But Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. This right here, I live by faith. He said many times, faith and obedience are synonymous terms. Show me your faith and I'll show you my obedience. Amen. I live by faith in the Son of God who what? Who loved me and gave himself for me. That's living not unto myself but unto Christ. All right. So, and, and again, I'm staying on this just for a minute. First John 2, 4, I, anyone says I know him and doesn't keep his commandments is a liar and the truth's not in him. So we got to go back to the fact that loving God has to trump loving people. Yes, that's good. Now, I, you have to think like this. See, in a minute we're going to get into marriage. In a minute we're going to get into family relations but that, that, and, and church because that's where... Your love walk is going to be tested. It's going to be tested with people. If you don't want to have to worry about your love walk, then just move to Alaska, get a bear, move in a cabin alone, and, you, and, and your, your problems fix. You will be yelling until at the, bear. the bear eats you because he <laughs> loves people. So, so and, and yet, a lot of times, and we're going to get into love suffers long, is patience and kind, and, and love never fails, and you're going to find out that love doesn't run away when things get hard. Love doesn't run away because something got hard. It's not, I'm out of here today. I, you don't, I ain't going to put up with your crap. That's not love. That's selfishness. Yeah. That's the big me. How is what you're doing affecting everyone around you? Sometimes not good. That means you're not walking in love. You're, not, you're only thinking of yourself. And most Christians are very self-centered. Most think, what about me, what about me, what about me? So we're going to get into that just a hair more, okay? Um, enemy number one, write this down, is selfishness. Selfishness is, is enemy one. 2 Timothy 3, 1, and, and this is talking about the world we live in today. And you'd be surprised at how many Christians walk in and look like this. Know that in the last days, perilous times will come. Can you make that like 20 scriptures at once? Men will be lovers of what? 
themselves. Of Amen. themselves. Number one problem in the earth right now in churches, in politics, in, in marriage, the big me. What about me? How does this affect me. me. Had a man came in one day and he walked in my office and he said, what can this church do for me? I didn't even bother because I already knew that he was not going to be here long. Number one, total self-centered, childish, immature question coming out of a 55-year-old man. What can this church do for me? I said, we can help you grow up. And he left. <laughs> There's no reason for me to, to, to try to butter him because I needed to at least let him know this is an unacceptable attitude. Jesus, go in all the world and teach them to do what I said. Yes. And he said, walk in love. Church is not a place for you to get your... Very often, a church is a place for you to, to use your love walk and to help other people and to stay faithful and put your flesh under Amen. and to grow up. And in order to stay and grow up, you're going to have to walk in love to stay and grow up. Amen. 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 Because running is no longer okay. Okay, never mind, unless you're running right. So it says, perilous, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, heady, you know, haughty, pleasure, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. That's the number one problem in the earth today. James 4, 1. I want, I want to read this to you, and then we're going to dive into the Scriptures. Uh, we're already in the Scriptures, but you didn't know that. Um, you, you have to cover this. Because when Lisa and I started talking about doing this, we, we began talking about like what happens when you are in an abusive situation. And we, we encounter that. Women will come in and their husbands are abusive. Or, and, and that isn't love to put up with it and put up with it. There's a time to say, I'm leaving and we're separating until you get your act together. It's, it's not okay for you, someone to beat on you and to abuse you and to use you wrongly. So there, there's a balance here, and you have to know what that is. So okay. as we go along, we're going to read, love bears up under anything and everything that comes your way. So we just wanted to clarify that. That doesn't mean you're to be a punching bag. That is, not what, that is not what that means. In 1 Corinthians 7, it says, if that person, I mean, I've got that chapter memorized. If that person that you're with, it could be a female beating on a man. Who knows? This world's crazy this day and age. But it says that if that person is not pleased to dwell with you, let them go. Well, then we would have women come in our office and say, but he's not leaving. He's a bum. He won't leave my house, you know. I paid for it. He doesn't it. pay rent. He doesn't buy <laughs> you know, groceries. He, he doesn't do, he work, live there. But you know? he's abusive, but he won't leave the house. So that, that's when you get a restraining order, and you, you know, but your life's in danger. So you're going to have to get him out of there. But we just want, we, we have many 
people coming from many different walks of life. And so whenever you hear us talking on love tonight and the, the upcoming weeks, we are not saying you are to put up with someone beating the tar out of you. Just wanted to make that clear. Or, or, or in a, uh, they're, they're having an affair. They could bring home, give you a disease. So I'm, we're, we're backing up and talking about the other side of it just for a minute before we yeah, get in this. Clarify. But we have actually had a lady whose husband kicked her out of the house and took all of her money and wouldn't let, you know, just, he just mean as a junkyard dog. And I went to the Lord and I was praying about it. He said, this is me, get out of this. And I realized God was in this marriage breaking up. And I told her, I said, get a lawyer. Now, you might say, well, Pastor, that wasn't love. Yeah, it is. So we have to talk about the fact that there's, even though we're reading this, if you're in an abusive relationship, we're not telling you, oh, hell, I heard about love tonight. Love is patient. Love is kind. And, and, and yet you're in abusive. We're not talking to you. Okay, that's extreme. Okay. You know, and, and there may be a time for you to be patient and kind, but, you know, go live with your mother for a while. All right. So I'm going to read another scripture in or James. Not. <laughs> I, I want to go, or, 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 whatever. or whatever. I want to read another scripture. <laughs> this is very important. James 4.1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members, you lust, you don't have, you murder and covet, you cannot obtain. You fight in war and you don't have because you don't ask and you ask because you, and you receive because you ask that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God and whoever therefore wants to be the friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God? Or do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously? He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Number one reason people fight is selfish. That's because true. you are defending me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we'll get into that. Sometimes whenever someone wants to fight, you have to just go, no, we're not fighting. We're not arguing. And you, it, you have to trust God. Amen. That person, you don't have to, they don't have to agree with you in order for you to have a good life. They don't even have to obey God for you to have a good life. You want them to change for them, but if you think, if, if you've got to fuss and fight and scream and holler to get more of the family money and whatever, listen, there's times you just need to back away and go pray and go, God, I'm not fighting. So whenever there's screaming and hollering and fit throwing, and there is, I want you to back up and realize that is being self-centered. You're afraid, and that's where that's coming from. You're not trusting God. There's, there's a time you have to look at each other and go, let's quit fighting. And you can't make the other person do what you think they should do is this good? Or y'all, y'all look like, ooh, glory to God. And I know no one in here has ever had a fight with their spouse. Never, I know that. Never. Maybe one or two, but that's pretty much it. And so one of the things that I had to learn, I had to learn that, and I'm going to give you the scripture that Lisa gave me years ago. And, and I learned this the hard way. It took me a while. I was always the short-fused one in our family. And Lisa would always make me mad. And I found out that as long as I'm mad, it didn't even matter if I was right. 
Thank you. All you men say amen. Once you get angry, the fight becomes about the anger. <laughs> not whatever you were fighting about. So I'm going to read a scripture that I had to read over and over and over. He who has knowledge spares his words. A man of understanding is of a calm spirit. A fool <laughs> is counted wise if he shuts up. And when he shuts up, he's considered perceptive. And so one of the things that I had to learn, I've had to learn this, is just because Anytime someone would get under my skin, they'd make me mad and I'd let them know it. And I lost every fight. Even when I'm right, I was losing fights. Because it was all about the fact that, I, that I'm allowing them to get under my skin. That is selfish. Yeah, that's Because true. I'm defending me. Your honor. Yeah, my honor. You said this to me. Okay. <laughs> and 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 that is selfishness. That is selfishness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, do you want to jump on Henry Drummond? Are you ready to jump down the page? I can do that. Okay. So one of uh, a wonderful thing, if you're on page, I guess, eight, it says, Henry Drummond said about halfway down in the middle paragraph, you will find if you think for a moment that the people who influence you, think about it, the people that you look up to or the people that influence you for good are the people who believe in you. So That's even a powerful statement. Sometimes Mark that in the book. Sometimes gangs stay together because they think that somebody believes in them even if they're asking them to do wrong things. But the people that you are most influenced by are the people that believe in you. And it says, in an atmosphere of suspicion, men shrivel up. But in a trusting atmosphere, you will always expand. Your knowledge will expand. Your heart will expand. Things will expand and find encouragement and educative fellowship. The possession of it is the great secret of personal influence. Now, I'm talking from a good character and a good heart. If you're wanting from a good heart to influence someone and you don't have any ulterior motives for that influence, I'm not talking like I'm going to get some money out of their pocketbook, okay? I'm talking about a good character, good heart. If you really want to bring good influence in someone's life, you're going to have to provide upon them around an atmosphere that says, hey, I believe in you. I believe you're going to make it. No matter how ugly you are, no, no matter how dumb you look, no matter how you're acting, I believe in you, and I believe that they will come up to that belief. So go ahead. Um, it, um you're going to get into the next page, page 10. Listen, charity suffers long and is kind. Charity endeth not, it vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave unseemly. That means it has manners. We'll get into that. Seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil. How do you live and think no evil? Everybody has faults. You're not deep because you found them. That's true. That's true. 
Isn't it easier to find the good? Listen, if you're going to pan for gold, it's going to be found in dirt. When you, everybody I know has dirt. Everybody in this church has dirt. You're not deep because you found it, but you are deep if you found the gold. Can you see what God sees in them? And, and what that is, is, and I'm not talking about lying. My Paul, you're awesome. Really, you're not. But here's what I know about Paul. He's young. He's impetuous. He, he's, he's ignorant. But he has a very good heart. Paul's a good young man who's hungry for God. Now, it's easier, let's just find the gold. Let's find the gold in this young man. And then let's let him know about it so that he knows the pastor believes in him. Paul already knows I know all the dumb stuff he's done. Is that right, Paul? I know Paul's good, bad, and ugly. But I also love Paul. I can't influence him. I can't help him if he thinks all I think about is the dumb stuff he does and has done and may do in the future. But I'm looking for the good. That's the secret to getting along with people. Boy, that's good. Write that somewhere. The secret to getting along with your spouse. Listen, anybody can walk in the kitchen, in the living room, in the house and find something she did wrong. And she did three to four things today very good, very well. Amen. Why in the world are you walking in and screaming about the one thing they did wrong? I mean, you're about to get into a fight and you're going to not talk for three days and you could have had a good evening. It's Where's not, my dinner? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. not a great feat of honor for anyone to be able to pick out someone's faults. That's easy to do. Dirt's lying around everywhere, way more than gold. And so the, the problem with a gossip is that they're wanting to talk about everybody others, everybody's other's faults. So why do people gossip? Do you all know? To make themselves look brighter. Yeah, they don't, don't look at me. Let's focus on someone else. Yeah. I don't want you to focus too much on me because you'll start seeing all of my faults. So let's talk about someone else for a few minutes and see if I can get someone on my side. You need to just leave that person alone because they're already death in the pot. Okay, now listen, the reason why you're picking on other people is because you've never decided to work on you. You have a full-time job just working on yourself. And I know that you came tonight and brought your spouse hoping that they would listen. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you something. I hope you came so you listen. I've already found out that it's a, it's a fruitless job to even try to change Lisa. And vice versa. Vice versa. I refuse to be nagged into to submission. I'll do the opposite. And I refuse to be shouted into submission. Yeah. I'm going to love her into submission. <laughs> If I don't like the way she's treating me, I'm going to crank my love up. 
Amen. Amen. If, if I don't like the way the kitchen looks, I'm going to clean it spotless. If I don't like the fact she didn't make dinner, I'm making it and making her dinner. If I want her to make me coffee, I'll make her coffee. In other words, work on you. Work on the things you need to work on you. Work Amen. on your love walk and let God and let them work on their own. They have to want to do it on their own or you can forget it. God doesn't make you love him. The deception that everyone seems to possess is the fact that if I can get everybody straightened up around me, I will have this nice, cool, peaceful life. You won't. You won't because you're a mess. You're a mess. And nothing ain't going to make you happy. Because <laughs> you're going to find something with the green grass outside has a spot on it. So that is, that's a deception. If the minute that you turn outward, not so inward, but outward and go, I'm going to look like tonight as you're sitting there. No matter who's sitting beside you, whether it's your husband, your wife, your family, or friend, listen for yourself, not for them. Listen for yourself. And that the minute you do that, the, the love of God starts flowing out of you. Like, you can't make them make a right choice even tonight as they're listening to us preach. But you can make that right choice. And what about the verse, you will reap what you sow? whatsoever, this is not just talking about money, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow love, and if you sow kindness, and if you sow patience, love suffers long sometimes. It suffers. But if you sow that, it's going to be sowed back into you. It may not always be that person you're looking for to sow it back into you, but it will be sowed back into you in ways that you'll never, ever be able to. to. Your, your peace is coming from your love walk. Amen. That's good. Not the other person's love walk. Yeah. And, and that's selfishness. Now, we're on selfishness a lot, so I'm going to read this because we've jumped over love as suffers long and is patient kind and jumped down to the next one. But on page uh, 13 in the book, I want to read it out of the Amplified, and I want to read the highlighted black parts. Love, God love in us, does not insist on its own rights, its own way. It's not self-seeking. We'll get into touchy, fretful, and resentful, hopefully tonight, if not next Wednesday night. And I know you all are excited about that. Amen. I mean, I receive that by faith in the name of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to read something to you. I got this book. You know, we got this book, and we, we, we did it in Bible school. It's called Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Your Grief. You say, but I'm depressed. You're self-centered. Yeah, but, I, but, I, but I'm having a bad day. That's selfishness. Yeah, but they didn't treat me right. That's selfish. The world doesn't revolve around you. So you don't need to make everybody else straighten up so you can have a good day. You need to straighten up so you can have a better day. You straighten up so you can have a good day. Because you're just looking. Oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. Um, I'm going to read out of this book. Sorry about that, baby. I didn't even tell you I was going to do this. I wasn't being selfish. I love what it says on while he's looking for himself. Anytime you are feeling, uh, page 11, anytime you are feeling 
mistreated. How many of you ever felt mistreated before? Anytime you are feeling mistreated, you know the devil is working on you. That, it do y'all have any idea how much I've read that <laughs> and had to repent? <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't, read it again. It doesn't mean that someone didn't do something wrong to you. But when you take that into your heart and you keep dwelling on any time you are feeling mistreated, you know the devil's working on you. Because if God is for you, who who can can be be against against you? you? Who can bring all that mess to pass? No, God is for you. So you don't have to stay there long. Someone, I could say something wrong to someone. I could, I could, you know, offend him. We've all been offended truly offended, but if I just dwell on that and continue to feel mistreated, then I'm not trusting God that he'll take care of it. Now, I'm going to give you a statement here. I'd rather have a good day. Not everybody (laughs) has to like you. That's true. There are people who don't like me, and and it's fine. I like you. I'm glad. Listen to this out of um, um, Andrew's book. Human beings are selfish by nature. You are selfish. As a newborn babe, you came in the world self-centered. Mom labored hours for you as you safely arrived. She was tired and had been living in a degree of discomfort for quite a while, perhaps even a couple of nights and has passed since she's even got any rest. But hey, you don't care. Upon arrival, you announced your demands with a powerful whack. This continued as your parents took you home and got used to you. Anytime you felt you had a need, mommy better be there. And you better start letting her know. Feed me. Change my diaper. Hold me. I don't want to take a bath. I'm tired. You were the center of the universe. No one existed unless they had met your need. That's expected and acceptable behavior for a baby. Not for 20, 30, 60, 70-year-old person. Now, what happens is, is during the time that from the babyhood until they come into their young adult years, mom and daddy's job is to train them to love God, love one another, and that the world does not revolve around you, Junior. That's true. And that is a difficult job being a parent. And if you failed being a parent, they're now married giving their spouse hell. That's true. Because the parent was too selfish to deal with it. To take the time. To take the and time. It takes I'm going to tell you a story in a minute. Anyway, biblical parent, parenting involves dealing with your children's self centeredness. Life is not about being served all the time. Children need to learn that it's in giving they receive, they must be trained to serve. Did your parents impart this into your life? Are you building this into your children? Most parents have a tough time addressing their children's self-centeredness because they have never dealt with it on their own. In the heat of the moment, not correcting junior seems easier for mom or dad's flesh. A woman busy grocery shopping with a toddler, right in the middle of aisle nine, the child boldly declares, I want that. Have y'all ever seen this happen? Oh, my God. I asked for a lady one day in the grocery store, my belt. 
did not go over well. <laughs> Calmly but firmly, mom says, no, son, you can't have it. Back and forth they go. I want that. Rises higher and higher until he screams, I want that. Seeing the need to add more pressure, the toddler throws himself on the floor and continues with his temper tantrums. Do you know what most self-centered parents do? They give in to the child because of their own selfishness. Mm -hmm. They don't want to get unwanted attention. Mm -hmm. They want the attention off of me. Everybody in the store is looking at me. Mm -hmm. And the parent satisfies the child instead of bringing correction. Mm -hmm. When that happened, junior self is being reinforced. And he learns he can get anything he wants to if he throws a fit. Point number two, are you a 30 or 50, 70-year-old temper tantrum fit-throwing Christian? Some people are. Think about it. Do you point and withdraw from relations and attempt to punish others? Do you persecute people till they crawl back to you in repentance? <laughs> are you a blaster loudly sounding within everyone's earshot a piece of your mind? Or do you slyly, patiently, subtly suit your retaliatory taste with revenge is served cold? No matter how you slice it, <laughs> it is still self-centered. That's true. You need to recognize your anger for what it is. It is self-centeredness in action. The father's perspective, all adult methods amount to nothing more than you're kicking and screaming in the aisle nine. Friend, it is time for you to grow up. A good book, by the way. I highly recommend that to everyone in this church. So okay. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about you know, what he was talking about with babies. It's very important that you start very young or you're going to have uh, hell on your hands before you know it. But I, I want to share this with you because it relates to us as we get older and how we relate to, to interpersonal relationships. Joshua was my first child. I'm 12 years younger than my husband. So he had the advantage of having two children before me that were already grown up. One of his daughters is more uh, strong-willed than the other. Strong-willed person is not a bad person. As long as it's being directed in the good and in righteousness, they're going to do a lot for God. But the minute it's turned the other direction, it's not so good. So one of the things I wanted to share with Joshua, Joshua was probably about, we're talking he was a little baby. He was still a little baby. He was probably three or four months old. And uh, he, he just was strong-willed. I didn't know that. You know, it was my first baby. And so he told me, he says, now here's what's going to happen. Because we had already seen him sleep through the night before. You know, we, we, had, we had witnessed that. He had slept through the night. But around three months or so, he, he got into where, you know, he'd cry cry at night when I put him down. Everything was good. He'd been changed. He'd been fed, whatever. Pick and he, me up. And he wouldn't let me go in the room and pick him up after a certain time. Now, at first, I thought he was being mean, you know. And then Joshua would cry, wow, wow, wow. I mean, no one can sleep in a house like that when it's only a two, little two-bedroom, one-bath home. He'd just cry and cry, and then he'd take a little break for five minutes, and then he'd set in again. I'm talking two hours later. Now, he fell asleep. But I couldn't go to sleep. I'm like, how can I sleep? I already sleep? have two kids. I, I can fall asleep He can fall asleep in ridiculousness of noises. But I couldn't. So here we go. And I'm like, well, he's asleep. Maybe I can sneak up out of bed and just go hold him and put him to sleep. Well, I knew that he would be upset with that. So I let Joshua cry. It was very hard on me. 
three hours into this, we're like, when does that kid run out of lung? Like, whatever. But the truth is, is that I, I, I was mad at first. And I said, God, if he's wrong and he chokes himself to death, not him, but the baby, and he dies, I'm divorcing him. He's a bad man. He killed our baby. I mean, that's just what's going through my head as a young mother because he's laid the law down. You're not getting out of this bed, <laughs> and, you know. And so, but in the morning, Josh was just fine. He wasn't dead. He finally went to sleep after three hours, <laughs> and I finally got sleep. Amen. After a while, the child learns that when you put him down and close the door, you might as well go to sleep. Yeah. Now, that way, you can tell if you're a parent when the, when the cry is pain. Mm-hmm. And when it's just me, me, me. You know the cry. You know the yeah. voice. Yeah. Okay. And if they still sleep in the bed with you, get them out. Yes. I just love them. No, you don't. You're selfish. Put them in their own bed and teach them because they're not going to lay in the bed with you all of your adult life. They want to know why you and daddy are in the room together alone without them and they're outside the door kicking and screaming when y'all would like at least 30 minutes. At least. At least. Never mind. We're not going to get into that. But anyway, <laughs> let's go back over this one thing now. Uh, it starts off, love starts off. Um, let, me, let me go back over to page um, King James, King Jimmy. Love suffers long and is kind. We're going to begin there. We're actually just now beginning. Love, what does suffer long mean? suffers a long time. (laughs) That's what love is. Love will patiently work with you through your problem. We're not talking about immorality. We're talking about the fact that when you get married, we're talking about marriage, you married someone from different parents, from different Lifestyles, they Mm -hmm. make cornbread different than you. They eat different than you. They do Christmas different than you. They do Thanksgiving different than you. (laughs) And you are going to have to put up with somebody doing it different and sometimes even wrong. And go, whoo, my flesh, you don't like it. and, And you're just, and you walk away and go, flesh. Shut up and be kind. That's what suffering it's is. It's not enough to suffer. Be suffer and be kind. While, while you're suffering. No, I didn't say suffer and pout. Correct. Suffer <laughs> and don't talk to them for three days. That's Suffer and be nice. Can you do both at the same time? Can you be suffering inside and still be kind? That is the question. And, 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 and you've heard me say this. There were months I never got any further in my love book than those two words. My God, I suffered today and I'm being kind. That's selfish to even think like that. But, but you know, when, when, when you're around people that are different, people just do, people that come in this church, they do dumb stuff. They just do dumb stuff. And you're thinking, where's your brain? Do you have one? And you want to say something to people, and you go, no, 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 no. And you just, okay, all right, be blessed. And you suck it up, 
you count it all joy, and you just, you just decide to retaliate with kindness. People do stupid stuff to us all the time. <laughs> I mean, all the time. I, I'm going to give you one. I had a friend, a man, called me one day with a very important meeting. And his church was two and a half hours away. And I drove. I got there 30 minutes early. That's protocol. He arrived 30 minutes late, and the meeting had been canceled. Let me tell you something, you punk. I'm going to tell you right now, don't you ever come in. Cut you, you didn't call me. This is a pastor. Listen, 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 listen. Old Daryl. Of a big church, basically. Old Daryl. Good size. I looked at him and I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and Lisa said, how'd your day go? And I said, I had five hours of Mark Hankins and Brother Hagin. I had a great day. <laughs> now, here's what I'm talking about. I, I'm not going to let, that's wrong. It's wrong to treat people like that. Yeah, that is but wrong. But you know what? I, I found out a long time ago, you can't be Hitler and kill everybody. <laughs> that's true. And it doesn't do any good to, to say anything because once you say something, that's the end of the friendship. There's yeah, people, that, yeah. fr their friendship is, they're touchy. We haven't gotten to that one yet. Don't even tell them they're wrong. That's the end of this friendship. Now, here's how the Lord spoke it to me. I opened my Bible up to that scripture years ago, and I was on the couch, and I, I thought as far as I got was love suffers. And I was really, you got that right, God. Love suffers. Man, that's the, that's the true scripture. I am suffering all the time. All of the time. I am in constant sufferership. And the Lord spoke to me and said, and is kind while you're suffering. And, and the Lord spoke to me and said, when you do stupid stuff against me, do you want me to turn my back to you and pout? Or do you want me to forgive you quickly and be kind again and, and us be back in good fellowship? Then yeah. treat him that way, yeah. even if he's being a jerk. He says, sometimes you're being a jerk, <laughs> right? No, so the Lord said, sometimes you're doing things that offend me. Do you want me to turn my back and go, I'm suffering. I forgive her, but I'm not going to be kind to her. No. So if, G if you want Jesus to forgive you quickly and be right back where you were when you left off, then do it to the other person. You're not doing it. Yeah, and, and the problem is, is people go, if I do that, they'll just think everything's okay and they're off the hook. No? Yeah. No? They're not off the hook because what they sow, they're going to reap. But what you sow, you're going to reap. So if you'll sow love, you'll reap love. Brother Hagin made a statement one time about him and Aretha. He said, you spend your life trying to outdo them in good things. I will be, my love walk will outshine yours. That's, a, that's quite a challenge. I will be kinder today than you will. I'm going to show you what love is. So you can literally live in a way that you're the loving person in the family. You can be the one that's patient. You can mm -hmm. be the one that's kind. And let me tell you something. If you're married, you're going to need patience and kindness 
because you're married to someone different. There are things legates do they don't even know is wrong. I thought I was a Morgan. He just divorced me. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? There are things that families do them, and they've always done that. And to them, that's normal. It's not normal <laughs> to some people. And so you have to stop and go, okay. So you're going to have to just get your handle on yourself and let them grow in God. Amen. Do you all understand Amen. that? So, Amen. so when, you're, you're, when, when love, if you're going to walk in love, if you're going to come to this church and you're going to grow in God and stay, someone is going to rub you the wrong way. If they haven't yet, let me know because you don't know the people I do. <laughs> You're not supposed to be here for me, her, or your friends. This is not a social club. You're here for him. Yeah, he has not done you wrong. Amen. And he's the one requiring amen. you to walk in love. Amen. Now that, see, that just stopped a lot of mess. I came in one day with a Trump hat on and lost people. I didn't leave when you wore your Obama hat. <laughs> or your Obama attitude. So, yeah, listen, listen to me, listen to me. One of the problems we're having in America today is that no one can disagree with you. What is wrong with you having a talk and say, oh, I don't agree with your point. Yeah. Now, let's go have coffee, and we're still friends, and we love each other. What, why is it that everything you believe has to be your way? Could you be wrong? To some people, you telling me my idea is wrong is that you're disagreeing that you think I'm wrong. I don't, I think you're a Christian. I think you're, I like you. I love you. I don't agree with your point of view. Right. Why does someone who disagrees with you have to get a spit bath? That's true. That's true. I was up in Tennessee this last week, and, and, and they don't know the guy, so it's okay. There's a guy that was a friend of the family that came in, and he sat down, and he walked up and sat at the table and said, Are you a Jehovah Witness? And I said, uh, No. He said, Are you a Mormon? I said, No. And he's, he's, he's looking for a fight. I didn't figure it out. It, I'm slow. And uh, I found out he's one of these anti-name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, faith, hates Copeland. I didn't know it when I started. So, so finally, yeah, I'm talking to him. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, I really am at the table thinking love is patient, love is kind. I really am rehearsing this book in my mind with this gentleman. This person. And, he st and, and finally, I just looked at him and I said, well, he, he mentioned that he was a Christian. I said, that's good. And he said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. And 
I mean, he, he blew a gasket. And I'm sitting there going, are you okay? Are you going to be okay? So I told him, I said, well, I, I, I met Jesus November 16, 1975. And when I mention the Lord speaks to me, he jumps up and goes, God doesn't talk to people anymore. God doesn't talk to people. God doesn't talk to people. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's pretend that he's right. Do you think I'm going to change in that atmosphere? No. I'm not going to change while you throw a fit. You don't agree with me. And so later he was in the kitchen and I said, you know, it's good that you met me today. That didn't go over very well. <laughs> and uh, he didn't come back that night and we never, I didn't see him anymore the rest of the week. But, you know, I walked out and I went, Lisa, <laughs> this guy has a problem. He's just running around trying to find somebody to pick a fight with because the people he listens to that are Christians, all they do is fight. They fight Jehovah's Witnesses, they fight Mormons, they fight faith people, they fight prosperity message, they just fight over there. To them, if, if you're not fighting, then you're not godly. And you know, I, I sat and I laughed at him and I just, he would take off and I just, I would just laugh at him and go, well, brother, calm down. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. You know what? If you don't agree with me, that's okay. I mean, I know. But, but here's but. something you need to realize when you encounter that. Do you know why you get a spit bath when you have a differing view or a different opinion? It's because their, their identity is wrapped up in their that's views. Right. And so when you don't agree with their views, then to them, you're saying, I don't like you. You're a bad person. Yeah. And so that's when you need to step back. One time I told a, a, a young lady, I said, you know what your problem is? Your problem is you don't know who you are. Yeah. Now, in this case, she was willing to listen. What do you mean by that? And I told her who she was. And she... Her whole view changed of herself. So, so their attitudes and their belief system and their views, they have their whole identity wrapped up in it. And when you don't agree with it, to them, it's like, go to hell, do not pass go, do not collect $200. That's, that's what they're getting. But so, so let me ask you a question. That. And I don't want you to answer out because you're going to get it wrong. <laughs> what do you think my opinion of him is? It actually isn't bad. I walked away and I called Lisa and I went, we need to pray for this young man because he is a Christian and he's bound up by the devil. And he doesn't have enough sense to know he's messed up. So I decided to pray for him. Father God, help him. Get out of this bondage that he has going on in his soul. And so I treated him and I didn't do it just to be smart. I really treated him with kindness because he is a brother in the Lord. We don't agree, but he's still family. That may be hard for some of you to handle. That there are people who are very different than us. And they're still Christians and they are going to go to heaven. And one day their side of heaven is going to come visit your side. You know, it's going to be funny when we get there. There's going to be people who go, you're here? 
<laughs> so I told Lisa, I said, I missed my cue. And I, he said, what, what kind of church do you have? And I said, it's a, it's a good one. And, I, you know, and, I, and I'm not getting it. If he asked me again, I'm going to say, I'm tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy rolling, uh, Copenhagen. I say, don't do that. Because that's what, you just you stir know, in the mud. But you know what? For another spit bath. <laughs> I want them to know, I want them to see a Copenhagen who's kind. Amen. I yeah. wanted him to see me treat him nice. The opposite of the way I was being treated. But let's go back to where I started. And I'm, this is a powerful statement, and I want you to write it down. Get to the place in your life where you can have a discussion with somebody Amen. that differs from you. Why does everyone have to agree with your political point of view? Why does everyone have to agree with, your, with your, what you believe is in the Bible? Why? They may, be le- they may be below you and haven't learned it. They may be above you and have passed you. How are you ever going to learn it if what you believe can't be challenged? You don't even know what you believe. That's true. That's true. I get around people all the time, and, and, and I made a mistake. I mean, I, don't, I didn't make a mistake, but I'm just going to tell you the story. We were having a meeting in a church right here in town, and all the pastors in Apopka were there. We were having a prayer meeting, and there were denominational people there, and I didn't do this. But in the middle of it, the Lord gave me a word for Doug Bankston, and I just stood up and started prophesying. And then for Joe Bankston, I started prophesying to Joe. And then I walked up to the Baptist pastor and I said, I feel really led to pray for you. And he said, pray. And I mean, I mean, God was all over me. And, and he walked out and said, thank you. Now, he's in an environment that's very different than his. But yet, I'm, I'm comfortable enough for him to look at me and go, I don't agree with you. I go, I'm fine with that. You ready to go buy me a cup of coffee now? Do you understand that? It, it, what I believe, if, if this man's born again, he's born again. He may be taught wrong and have a right heart. And if he has a wrong heart, that's between him and God. But I'm not going to let what other people believe and don't believe affect me. The, okay. the problem with most of us as we're growing in the Lord the thing that really needs to be solved in us first is for you to believe and know the love of God that he has for you. So if you just put up 1 John 4, 16, that would be a very good one for everyone to believe because until you know how much God loves you, even when you're being a jerk, you're not going to, until you have that revelation, you're not going to be able to love that other person around you horizontally. Until you've got vertical and vertically straightened out, yeah. you're going to have a hard time with horizontal. Yes, you are. And we have known, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. If I am just ugly to you, and usually it's, usually it's the people that are close to you that hurt you. Random people out on the street that cuss you, you don't even think about it. You don't even hear it half the time. But when it's someone that's close to you that you've believed and trusted in, and they say something to hurt you. That's what hurts. But it says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. 
and God in him. So until you know who you are in Christ and how much he loved you and what that blood means and what his life sacrifice meant for you, you're not truly going to be able to display correctly horizontal love to the rest of the body of Christ until you're secure in his love. If Barbara says something that hurts me, Barbara's my friend, but I know Barbara's not Jesus. She has Jesus in her, but if she says something off the cuff to hurt me, I need to let it roll off my back like like water off a duck's back. Because God is for me, and and truth is, is love believes the best. I believe that she did not even gotten to that part. No, but here's the thing: I believe that Barbara and most people, or some people, but most people, do not wake up in the morning going, "I'm going to think of a way how I can hurt Pastor Lisa." They just don't do that. They're just saying something, and it comes out, and it doesn't mean anything. So here, here it is in the Weiss translation. We're still on love is patient, love is kind. We had not even gotten off that. I moved off that. Love meekly, patiently bears ill treatment from others. Really? I ain't putting up with that crap. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. How many of y'all have ever said it? It's wrong. Yes, you are. Yes, you are going to put up with their junk. Why? They need love. Yes. They need love. That's why they're suffering. That's why they're mean. They need love. Amen. And what they think of you, what does it matter? True. What does God think of you? Number one. And what do you think of you? Amen. That's important. Then with all kindness, I'm not sure I really care what you think. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm dealing with me the best I know. I'm, I'm studying the best I know. I'm praying the best I know. I'm preaching the best. I'm walking in love the best I know, and I haven't arrived. I am not arrived, but my God, I'm not where I used to be. Someone say amen. Betty, you ought to say amen real loud, real amen, you know. But, but, um, but we're all growing. We're all growing. So you come along and go, well, I didn't like the way you did that. I probably didn't like the way I did it either. Probably well, change next sermon. week. <laughs> Amen. I didn't like it either. <laughs> I might change next year and go, I didn't like it either. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But do you understand, you and I have to get to the place where we're willing to quit letting your flesh, every time somebody says something, you have a reaction. When Jesus was reviled, he reviled not. He reviled not in return. Back. Amen. He did not retaliate. He did not respond. That's powerful. So on 23, this is so good. Love is kind, page 23. I think that would be right for you all. Love is kind, gentle. That's a whole nother word we need to talk about, but it won't be tonight. Learning how to be gentle. Don't, don't always be, be pushing your weight around and running off at the mouth and just saying, that's my personality. I'm Italian. Learn to be gentle. 
Learn to have a gentle spirit every once in a while. Okay. Love is kind, gentle, benign, pervading, and penetrating the whole nature, mellowing all which would have been harsh and austere. That's what kind is. Now, sometimes you need to let God take care of bad people. Amen. We have a lady that lives behind us, and she is not nice. So we had, she needed to burn stuff the other day. So she went into the part of her yard that the smoke would come in our house and did it on purpose. She didn't give, she just, I mean, she, her, her marriage was bad. Her life is bad. Everything in her life. And listen to me, when she dies, she's going to go to hell. And I refuse to make her life hard. But anyway, we have our house. It's full of smoke. And Lisa and I prayed, God, bless her and do something with it in Jesus' name. The wind pattern. And the wind changed and blew in her house. The wind changed and blew all the smoke into her garage. Yeah, and so we're sitting there going, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, you just, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to walk around mad at my neighbor all day because she is really a double handful of mess. Amen. I mean, she is just looks for ways to annoy you. She's Carilla DeVille. She should be in the movies. She planted a tree one time so we couldn't see the lake. Just planted it so, so our, it would block our view. I'm riding by on my lawnmower, and I went, I curse you in the name of Jesus, and the tree dried up. I just laughed and went on back on my lawnmower and rode around. You know, I mean, I'm just not going to get mad at this lady. But, you know, no weapon formed against me or prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I condemn it and prove to be wrong. It's the heritage of the servants of the Lord. You, listen, if God is on my side, the wind will blow, baby. It'll, it'll change here. Moment. It, and, it did. And, I, and we're sitting there going, that is funny. We just let God fight some of your battles. Just leave stuff alone and don't let it bother you. And amen. amen. So we're running out of time. We're actually three or four minutes over time. So we've gone through this. We've gone through this greatest challenge, what it means to be a disciple. Love suffers long. And here's one I wrote down. I treat people good because God treats me good. Amen. I don't deserve mercy, and you don't sometimes either. If, you, if someone's doing wrong and you stop and go, well, that's exactly how I acted when I was a sinner. And God had mercy on me. And I'm only where I am because of mercy. So I'm going to extend mercy. Remember we talked about the fact that if you don't decide you're going to do this, you won't do you it. Won't do it. <laughs> Your flesh is too strong. It'll rule you. Mess your marriage up. Mess your home up. Mess your family up. Mess you up. Paul said, I put my body under. I put my flesh under so that after I've preached this, that I would not be a castaway. Amen. So Romans so, 5, 5 is what it said Say this with me, and then he's got more to say. I'm sure. I do. Romans 5, 5, say this with me. The love of God has been poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit. 
I can walk in the love of God. All right, here's. Now, when we get back in here next Wednesday night, and I pray all of y'all come back. And we'll tell you where we're going to go. Are you ready? And get your little book and take it home and, and mark it where you need it. I have marked where I need it. And this is, it does not insist on its own rights, its own way. It's not self-seeking. It isn't touchy or fretful or resentful. And it takes no account of the evil done to it. So I'm going to tell my story on what Mark got onto me. I was in the room in there with a pastor friend, acquaintance, who was making fun of me. And um, I think I intimidate him. And Mark was there. My pastor friend was there. Trina was there. Lisa was there. And when he said some things, I bowed up. Like, hey, you little smart butt. <laughs> See, he was very years, disrespectful. Years ago, I'd have knocked you out. I'd have punched your lights out. And so Mark looked at me and said, sensitive, aren't you? He says, you're being so sensitive. You're so sensitive. And he starts making fun of my being touchy. He says, you're so sensitive. So he turns to the pastor and says, hey, shorty. And he pokes me in a nice way and goes, don't let it bother you. Leave it alone. Just call him shorty and leave him alone. And I kind and I calmed down and went, I am being touchy. Touchy. And, and, I, and I walked away that night and went, that'll never happen again. I decided to work on touchy. Now, ask me how long it took me. Have you assumed I've arrived? I have not arrived. Listen, I, I'm better. Lisa will tell you, I'm way better than I used to be. But every once in a while, I'm like, Ooh. Listen, we. So Lisa <laughs> says to me, when, I'm, when this happens in the house, she goes, sensitive, sensitive. <laughs> I do. You're being she does. So, you're being so sensitive. She starts calling me sensitive. The truth is, the truth is, though, this preacher was very disrespectful in the way he addressed him. And I don't think God liked it. And, and God takes into account honor. He really does. That's just a whole other subject. We're not going there. But he really dishonored him in front of people. And so it wasn't just Pastor Daryl just being touchy. He dishonored him in something, a name he called him. That's why Mark's like, just call him Shorty or something and don't be sensitive. You know, let it go. But I know that that man wasn't waking up in the morning going, how can I hurt Pastor Daryl? 
he, he, he's not grown up in every area either. But many times we've dishonored the Lord. And, and I just wanted to put that plug in that God really, you know, that's a big thing to honor to, to, to God is honoring him. How, how, how we and how we honor people. But at the same token, Jesus is not touchy and sensitive. So before we close, I'm going to tell you where this book came from. Mark wrote this book for himself. Mark is a strong man. He is very strong. But his love walk is what was lacking. Not his preaching, not his anointing, not his ability, his love walk. That's you can true. have the gifts, you can have all wisdom and all knowledge and all faith, but if you have not love, you're a zero. You're just a noisy and, gong. And, and when he picked up <laughs> Drummond's book on love, he threw it across the room in a fit. He says, he, nobody can do this. He said, ain't nobody can live like this, and he threw it across the room. <laughs> And the Lord made him go pick it up and read it. Amen. And then when he went back to Brother Hagin's meetings wanting to hear the word, Brother Hagin started preaching on love. Mark then realized this is what he really needed. Yeah. In his marriage, in his life. And I honor the fact that he is a strong man. And there are many men who are good, strong men. But we need to learn when to be gentle. Man, I didn't. You don't need to be a wuss, but you need to calm yourself down and be gentle. Know when to raise, to rise up. There's a time to get in a fight. There's a time to say. We'll get into that later. There's a time to say things to people, but is it isn't most of the junk we're dealing with in life, especially our own marriages. Well, did this? Does this good? Did you learn anything? If you have the book, I'm going to suggest something to you. Don't go home tonight and think you got all this. You, I love you. You didn't. I wake up in the morning and I, love does not insist on my own rights or on my own way. It's not self-seeking and touchy and fretful or resentful. Where's my coffee? <laughs> Did you buy cream? Oh, not again. Do I have to go buy cream this morning? Oh, never mind. Honey, hold on a minute. <laughs> You're going to learn to live out of this book. I, I, I suggest you carry it with you for a month and read it every day. Get you colored pencils. You're going to need to mark some stuff. So I'm just going to let everyone know, for everyone that has a book tonight, I'm going to trust all of those who text to give, just put in 6BK for bookstore. If you go online on your computer, just in the drop-down menu, put six, bookstore. And you can do it on, you can do it at home, but you don't have to come up and get in line. If you have to pay cash, you can come to me afterwards, but I trust you guys to pay. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You want to pray with them? Yep, let's pray. Y'all ready to pray? How many of y'all have made your decision, I'm going to do this? It's a challenge. Amen. I, I, I respect the challenge. I respect you saying I'm going to take a challenge. Do not beat yourself up. The more you study it, the more junk you're going to see in you and other people around you. That's when you need to shut up. Well, that that's wasn't love. very loving. I'm going to tell you, I got a book right here. You need to read it. That, that, that's <laughs> not, no, don't do that. That's not love. Especially with your spouse. <laughs> Father God, we had a good time tonight. Lisa and I came in here with a heart's desire that you said in the word, 
that we're to love you with all of our heart and our neighbor as ourself. And the people would know that we're your disciples by our love walk. You, Mark Hankins said, this is a great challenge, and it is. I, I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice that as we begin to study this and read it and walk in the light of it, we will notice a marked difference Amen. in our homes, our marriages, our spouse. I even pray that within the next month, our spouses or people would look at us and go, hey, you've changed. Amen. I pray that we would make such a change that people would begin to notice it. Now, you said the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. It's already in there. What we're doing, Father, is developing it in our life. And I'm, I ask you for the anointing right now to help every one of us with our love walk because our future is connected to it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.